and I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. It's a very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. And I'm Rebecca Black. And since we're right here at the end of 2019, we thought we'd just take a moment and revisit your favorite scary stories from the past year. We're counting down our top 10 in these next two episodes. So make sure you listen. <laughs> but we're also going to include some honorable mentions along the way, that, the ones that we just love so much we had to revisit and all that good yeah. stuff. So let's get started with number 10, Bonnie's story, or as we've all come to call it, the Hello Ghost. Hello. Hello. Hey guys. So my name is Bonnie. This was about 10 years ago. I was in high school. I lived with my mom and my younger sibling at a house in Dallas. And this particular event happened on the 10th anniversary of my grandfather's death. So in remembrance of him, my mom put a photograph of him up on the fireplace mantle and she lit some candles around it. And that night there was a big thunderstorm and my family and I have always really loved thunderstorms. And so we all laid down on the couches to kind of listen to the rain and watch the thunder and we had the photo of my grandpa with the candles in the background and it was just a very peaceful evening with the thunderstorm and the candlelight and we ended up all falling asleep and then we all woke up because my dog started growling she's a little terrier mix and we had never heard her growl like that before she would yap at things she would bark but We hadn't heard her growl that ferociously before, so it really startled us and it woke us all up. And then, clear as day, very loudly, from the center of the room, we heard a voice say, Hello! (laughs) And it was the most terrified I have ever been in my entire life. The room was pitch black at this point because the candles had gone out and we hadn't had any lights on, so we're in the pitch blackness and we heard... A voice that sounded like someone was standing in the middle of our living room saying hello to us and in my mind someone must have broken into our house while we were napping and we were all about to die <laughs> I felt my whole body just go limp because all the life just drained out of me I thought I was about to get murdered I seriously did I thought someone had broken in and they they sounded deranged I mean the hello like it it drifted off on the O. It was like, hello. It was, it did not sound like a person who was in their right mind. It sounded like someone who intended harm on us. And it scared me so much. I mean, I really feel like that was going to be my last night on this earth. And all three of us were absolutely terrified. I mean, as soon as we heard it, my mom screamed. I just went limp. We were frozen in fear on the couches we were too scared to speak we were too scared to move we were just waiting to see what was going to happen next and nothing happened for a while I mean it felt like forever but it was probably just a few seconds and then my mom said who's there who is that and no one answered and after a few minutes of silence my mom finally got up the courage to 
run to the other side of the room and flip on the lights and she did and no one was there but we were all still completely under the assumption that there was someone in our house i mean we had heard clear as day this voice say hello to us and so we called 911 and we told them there was someone in our house the cops got there very quickly we told them what we had heard and they took it very seriously and they started to search the house they looked in every nook and cranny they checked for signs of forced entry and they said that there was no one there and that there were no signs that anyone had even been there. You know, they started going through all the rational explanations. They were like, could it have been the TV? No, no, we didn't have any of the TVs on. And it didn't sound like a TV. It was a single voice that was so clear and so loud. It was right over us. The cop ended up just saying, I guess it was just a phenomenon. And we knew he probably thought we were crazy, but we were insistent that we heard that voice and we know we did, but we were far too terrified to sleep in that house. So we ended up yeah. packing up our stuff and going in getting a hotel room and we ended up staying in the hotel for like three or four nights because we were too terrified to go back to the house because we were so convinced that someone had been there eventually you know we can't afford to live in a hotel for the rest of our lives and so we had to go back at some point and we were so reluctant to go back we were all just so scared but we eventually moved back into the house and nothing like it ever happened again and we gradually started to relax because nothing ever tried to make contact with us again. We continued to search for rational explanations to what had happened. About a week after this incident, we saw some signs posted around the neighborhood for a lost parrot. And we what? were like, oh my <laughs> God, that has to be it. We finally found the explanation. That night was so rainy that this lost parrot had taken refuge in our <laughs> chimney and the parrot had said hello from our chimney and we all heard it and we all freaked out. That has to be what it is. And we were so glad we finally found a rational explanation and we weren't crazy and we just had to know if that was it and so my mom called the number on the lost parrot posters she immediately was like i'm so sorry we do not have your parrot but we have to know can your parrot say hello and the person said no that her parrot did not talk her parrot had never talked <laughs> not the and parrot we were like oh my god there goes our last possible like thread of sanity because now we've completely run out of rational explanations for what we heard and so we just kind of i guess chewed over this event in our minds for a while and we started to think that it must have been something supernatural there was just no rational explanation for it you know i think there are some things in life that you can't really ever explain but my grandpa the one that we were remembering that night was a huge prankster his favorite thing in life was to pull these big elaborate pranks and tricks on people it just brought him so much joy and so i think that that night when we lit candles around his portrait on the 10th anniversary of his death and we all laid down during a thunderstorm and we fell asleep with thoughts of him in our mind i think that we somehow created a thin spot in the barrier between our worlds that he was able to push through and make contact and knowing my grandpa if he was able to make contact one last time with the world of the living the thing that he would want to do would be to scare the shit out of us <laughs> and so i think that's what happened i swear i bet he's still laughing about it now but i have come to think of the hello incident as my grandpa's final prank so since we started the podcast back in March, we have met some awesome people, specifically other podcasters. Mm -hmm. The Real Queens of Queens, that's a podcast out of New York, have been especially supportive. And they actually called in to share some stories. They had a great one about orbs around the 9-11 memorial. But our favorite story was actually about a big ass raggedy and all. Oh, man. Okay, I was about 
six or seven years old. And my mother bought me, she bought me a Raggedy Ann doll. So you're talking late 60s, early 70s. Right. Let me just set the record straight. I have a brother who's two years older than me, and he had a reputation of destroying my dolls. So keep that in mind. Okay. 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 Got it. So one evening, it was just me and my mom home by ourselves, and we were watching TV, so I decided to put my doll to bed. So... I went to put my doll to bed. I tucked her in. And later on, after we finished watching TV, I went into the bedroom and my doll was not on my bed. She turned out to be on my brother's bed, which I thought was a little strange, but okay. So fast forward, next time I got my doll, I noticed her arm was missing. So I started crying and I was like, mommy, mommy, look what John did. He ripped her arm off, you know. So my mother takes the doll and she looks and what was very strange was there was no tear, no rip, no anything. What? Yes. Now, Raggedy Ann is a rag doll, so you would figure there would be a hole, there would be tear, nothing, completely clean. So my brother was confronted, obviously, you know, I didn't do anything, I didn't do nothing, you know, which my mom thought was very strange. I just put the doll to the side, whatever. The next time I got the doll, the arm was back. (laughs) Yes, yes. Get a surgeon ghost. Check yeah. this out. Her leg was missing. No, God's my honest gosh. Truth. In one way, I was very excited that her arm was back. But I went, <laughs> I was like, Mommy, look, her arm is back. But look, her leg is gone. I said, John did it again, you know. So she's like, give me that, you know. So she looks and she was totally baffled. So she's like, something's going on here. Mm, you yeah. Know? And this is the God's honest truth, ladies. So the next time it happened again, the leg was back, but the other arm was gone. So my mother was like, all this crap, something's wrong. I'm getting rid of this doll. Yes. She got rid of the doll. Yes. She got rid of the Finally, doll. somebody who got rid of the scary dolls. She got rid of the doll. saying that. Yes. But it gets better. Okay. It gets better. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Fast forward. I don't know how many years. I can't do the math right now. Forgive me. But. I'm in my 30s, mind you, Mm -hmm. okay? So we live in a two-family house. My brother and his wife and his son live upstairs. I live downstairs. So I go out one Saturday morning to go have a cigarette. So we have a porch. I open the door. Mm -hmm. I go to my left. Guess what's sitting in the chair? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Is it the doll or the (laughs) arm? big-ass raggedy hand doll. (laughs) I kid you not. I stood there and I just was seen for like five minutes <laughs> and I was like, my mouth was hanging open. I just slowly closed the door and my co-host is my sister, well, my ex-sister-in-law, but, and I just closed the door and I went, cat. So she goes, what? And I'm like, you'll never guess what's outside. So she's like, what? I was like, there's a f***ing raggedy end all sitting out there. <laughs> she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, there's a big-ass raggedy end all sitting outside on the porch. So she's like, oh, my God. You know, because the whole family knows the story. You know? Right, yeah, yeah. So my, nep- my nephew, who's like nine, I think, at the time, he starts crying because obviously he knows the story. Yeah. We were, like, freaked out. Oh. Do you have so, any idea how it got there? And then what did you no. do with it? You know, we thought maybe my brother did it, but he was away. You know, he races cars, so he was away for the weekend. So we were like, how the hell did this get here? Okay, but what'd you do with it? Please tell me you burned it. Yep. Well, my nephew took it across the street to his friend's house, and they did, like, some street justice on it. So the street totally justice. Destroyed the <laughs> yeah. 
Now, early in the podcast, we talked about all the indoor monitors that people have been using, you know, for security or just to watch their pets at home. And surely there's going to be some ghosts on there, right? Right. Well, people actually started seeing ghosts on their baby monitors and the Wall Street Journal ran an article about it. That's our number nine. All right. So this next story, we have to thank Misty for this one. I don't know if you remember Misty. Yes, I do remember Misty. She had a ghost and she almost first barfed in the bed and then almost pooped (laughs) in the bed. Yeah. So uh, she sent this story. It's from the Wall Street Journal and it's written by a woman named Julie Jargon. She says, Natalie Wallace was lying in bed one night more than a month ago when she glanced at her cocoon cam baby monitor. She noticed splotches of pink and purple all around the baby's bassinet. The colors are supposed to indicate motion but her baby was in a deep sleep. A few days later, she came home to find her husband at the kitchen table looking distraught. He showed her a screenshot that he had taken of a human-like figure on the baby monitor floating above the ground near the baby who was napping upstairs. Shortly after that, they saw what looked like a whole family of ghostly shapes looming over the bassinet. Okay, Ziggy, can you post this photo? All right, so... Well, there's like one, two, three, four, five, five, six. Okay, so if you look to the left, you can see kind of the edge of the crib and some windows, and you see this pink and purple shape. Then the one next to it, there's a whole bunch of them all in there checking out the baby. Oh, they trying to steal that baby. So Julie Jargon reached out to Cocoon Cam to find out what the glitch on her camera could be. So they said after reviewing the screenshots, Gary McMath, the company's marketing chief, said it appears that the monitor was placed on a dresser, not mounted on a wall as intended. And he said the system can try to find mind movement and focused on that and that that could be what's causing the ghost. What? Right. That's the worst excuse I've ever heard. Who are your PR people, Cocoon? Right. So then he goes on to say, we have gotten a few calls and emails asking about this similar phenomenon. By the way, Miss Wallace captured other types of movement, like her husband rocking the baby or her baby moving in the bassinet, and found that the colors that signify motion do not look like those floating forms. Oh my God. How awesome is that? That's amazing. You know, most of our listeners live right here in the United States, but we have a surprising number of fans who tune in regularly from Australia. So we haven't gotten many stories from them. One in particular got our attention and involved bubbles. Bubbles! (laughs) And that one deserves an honorable mention. I got an email from a woman in Queensland. I love this story. She says, just before Christmas in 2015, I was in my kitchen making bobbles. What are bobbles? I have no idea. Is that like appetizer? I thought bobbles were like jewelry. Let's find out. We got to look into that. But she says, I was standing in front of an open window where I was leaving said bobbles to dry. (laughs) I want to hear her accent. I know, right? Something caught my attention and I turned to look to my right through the living room door and I saw a white gray object floating towards me. It was shaped like a backwards S with wispy tails coming off of either end of the shape. It was a solid object, not see-through, definitely not smoke. This object floated through the living room doorway from quite high up and headed towards me. It reached my shoulder, (laughs) then floated down my arm, across my hand, down my fingers, and then out the window. I was overcome with emotion, and I burst into tears, part fear, and a weirdly sense of peace. The only way I can describe the object was like the floaty stuff you get in fish tanks, like the thin film, but it wasn't see-through. It's been on my mind for years. I have never found a similar story or meaning. It was about 1 p.m. My son was napping, and the window had a fly screen on it, it, so there's no way it could have left through the window if it was solid. Yeah. 
We met Laura pretty early on in the podcast, and she was one of the very first people to reach out through Facebook. And of course, we've loved her ever since and had to include her in the countdown. So our number eight story is Laura's Haunted House. And I think that Laura has been one of our top yes. fans. Like, She's our stalker Facebook. on Facebook. Yes. I get that notification all the time. Love you, Laura. We do. Hello. So, Laura, now you have to tell us all about this haunted house you were living in. This was back in the 60s, and uh, there's always a story about, you know, this old lady lived in the house, and when she died, she was never going to leave the house. You would see in your periphery, you'd see shadows, like, behind you and walking. And we all, you know, I have five sisters, and we would all see these things. Ugh. I would babysit at night. Oh, God. And uh, I would sit really close to the front door because that's where the stairs were to go upstairs to the bedrooms. And I was sitting there one night and my one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched the step. This is my sister. <laughs> what? Your She's sister? With me. Wait, 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 and wait. She wait. never touched. She never touched those stairs coming down. And she was just wailing. Wait, just to clarify, she didn't come floating down. That's just how fast she ran down the stairs. No, she never touched the stairs. Like she floated. She <laughs> floated down the stairs? Like something was holding yes. her up kind of a thing? She just come down those steps, never, her feet never touched the stairs. Did it? We told her parents, my parents thought we were just joking. But she had actually done it again. And my what? parents were there and saw her. And she was probably about... Seven or eight. Seven or eight years old. Does your sister remember floating? Yeah, she does because it actually scared her. Well, sure. yeah. yeah. We were born and raised Catholic. My parents had the priest come and bless the house several times. And uh, Kent State University had like a paranormal group. And they came out and stayed like a week or so and set up some uh, equipment. No and, way. you know, and the only thing they said that there was something evil in the house. Wait, it's, it wasn't Ed and yeah. Lorraine Warren, I, was that's it? What I'm, I, it? Yeah, you weren't the that? Conjuring family, were you? No, no, no. It's funny, we have gotten loads of stories from people who are house-sitting. Like, if anyone ever asks you to house-sit, you should probably just go ahead and ask if it's haunted, <laughs> if there's something you should know before trying to spend the night there. But here's a voice memo of one of our favorite house-sitting stories. So about seven or eight years ago, my older sister and I, we were both in college at the time, were house-sitting for some friends of the family. They have a very big house. It's not that old. I want to say must have been like 20 years old. A nice house. And just a little background story on their family. Their grandson drowned when he was four years old. We actually met them weeks after that accident. Anyway, that's just a little fact to know about them. So my sister and I are house-sitting. It's uh, nighttime. We're in the room that was above the garage. That's where we were sleeping. And uh, we're just in bed getting ready to go to sleep and we were just talking and the dogs sleep in the garage so they're in the room below us and all of a sudden we hear the there's three of them three dogs we hear all of them start barking all together and at the same time we hear like a little kid laughing and this happens and we just kind of look at each other kind of just concerned like is that really happening and it kept going for I want to say 30 seconds and we're just staring at each other because it's just a little kid laughing in the dogs barking non-stop so like i said 30 seconds pass and then the little kid laughter goes away and the dogs stop barking like at the same time we just look at each other and kind of like cover our heads with the blanket i feel 
feel like we never really talked about it until years later i just kind of asked her like hey do you remember when this happened yeah we just kind of looked back on it and it's definitely like a creepy story nothing else happened anyway love your podcast thanks for having me bye Moving on to our number seven story actually came to us before the podcast even started. Ron had reached out to us to tell us this ghost story and we were so floored. We knew it had to be in our very first episode. So Ron, tell us your story. Okay, this was about 10 years ago. So there's no funny business like there was in college. We were completely sober. Okay, you weren't high. (laughs) No, no, nothing like that. So we went down for the weekend with uh, two friends of mine to go fishing at Lake Phelps, which is on the um, cycle on the Albemarle Pound sound okay so we get there and it's a beautiful campsite of like 13 sites green lush it was kind of random though there was a lot of mennonite families there okay so we go in to the office and all the lots were taken and the guy kind of looked at us and he said well there's one left if you really want that one." Oh, well, that's so a bad it. sign the haunted site <laughs> okay yeah so you take it we didn't pick up on any of this until the next day well, of course not sure, until yeah. all the weird stuff starts going uh, down right Exactly. So we go, don't think anything about it, but it's the only campsite out of the unlucky number 13 with no grass, no nothing. No grass. It's like scorched ground, rock, just Dude, dirt. red flag number two. <laughs> I know. We throw our stuff down, put this enormous three-dome, 30-person tent up, and uh, just take off to go spend the day out on the lake fishing. Okay. So we get back that night, and here's where it gets kind of weird. So right before I go to sleep, one of my buddies says, I'm not feeling really well, and I'm probably going to need to move. So that's the last thing I hear before I go to sleep, right? Right. So I wait. I kind of blink and I'm wide awake and I look at my clock and it's five o'clock in the morning and I'm completely awake and there is this figure on the opposite side of the tent that was sitting there so mm. I naturally think it's Ken he said he needed to move and I'm like Ken are you feeling okay what are you doing over there and Ken is about three feet to the right of me and he rolls over and he's like dude I'm over here why oh I was my like, well, goodness I said what's Hevner doing over there Hevner the other guy is maybe three feet to my left he rolls over very groggy I was like what are you talking about I'm right here so they both roll back over completely asleep and there's this figure in our tent you would think I would freak out but I actually thought it was kind of cool and the more my eyes adjusted to the light the more and more the figure came into no. focus it looked kind of like an old hologram movie oh my god but the weird thing was it was complete silent like vacuum like silent so there was no noise and then the figure came into focus it was a dude with long hair like in all gray which Later on, after researching, I'm assuming was maybe like a Rebel Gray Civil War right. outfit. Right. And he had a hat on. Okay. Yeah. And here's where it gets weirder, too. He had like a guitar around the campfire. So he would pick up this old like Martin acoustic guitar and he would simulate like he was playing. Yet again, I could hear nothing. It's complete silence. He would take his hat off. He would tip it to me. He would pull, pull his hair back, put his hat back on. This went on for about 30 minutes. That's a long time. And our number six story started out as, well, we thought it was a prank. Totally. But it turns out it's for real. Bobby Mack told us his ghost story and it was so wild and so crazy and we could not stop laughing. Oh, yeah. And prepare yourself for lots of bleeps here. Hello? Bobby! (laughs) Hey, what the f*** going on? (laughs) (laughs) Bobby Mack. 
back on the phone. How Woo! you doing, Bobby? How's it going, girls? Oh, we're doing great. <laughs> Thanks for calling us today. Good. Especially now that we've got you on yes, the phone. I know. Tell us know. some ghost stories. Hey, hey. Oh, man. So when I was younger, I was about 16 years old, and uh, I had met this girl. Yeah. And, uh, man, dude, let me tell you something. She was kind of weird, but she had <laughs> So I could not say no, dude. Like... <laughs> I could not say no. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So we're kind of dating around a little bit. And she tells me that the house that she lives in is haunted. You know, I'm just kind of thinking she's full of shit. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, whatever. That, that shit ain't real. Because she was telling me that, like, things would move, that I guess the spirit or whatever was in the house would get angry. So then she started talking about, like, I guess keeping bad spirits out of her house. So she would put magnets on the window seal, right? And like I said, I had never heard of anything like this before. Me, me so anyway, her mom and dad went out of town. So I was like, Hey, it's about to go down, man. It's about to go down. So so then I head over there, right? We start messing around. You know, like, I'm 16. I don't know nothing, man. I don't know where what goes where. I don't know So I took my pants off, but when I was taking my pants off, my foot knocked off one of the magnets on the windowsill. You are so smooth. Right? <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going. Well, on top of her dresser, she had, like, some um, like little figurines and shit, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So when we were messing around, right, these ceramic figurines started, like, literally, and I'm not exaggerating, I'm not even kidding. They didn't fall off. It's like they flew off the top of that dresser and up against the wall. Clearly, you were making the earth move. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I wasn't making the worst move just yet. All right? Like, I turned around, and I saw a couple of figurines on the floor, and she looks at me, and she goes, somebody's angry. I thought she was talking about That's what I thought she was talking about. You know. With it. You know, I didn't really think that much of it, you know, because like I said, my mind's on a one-track yeah, deal yeah, at this moment. It. Yes, you've made it well, very then, clear yes. where your mind was Abundantly at. clear, yes. The next thing, the door flies open, and I get scared as <laughs> shit, not because of ghosts, because I thought her daddy came home. That's yes! what I thought. I was like, oh, no. So I, like, I jumped up real quick, and when I jumped up, the door was open, and then it slammed shut. Oh! Man, I ran out of that house harder than times <laughs> in 1929, girl. I was gone, man. See? Season three of Haunted AF kicks off on January 9th. So we need to get your stories now. You gotta send those to hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com, either written or you know we love those voice memos. So please send those. And tune in next week when we count down our top five ghost stories from the past year and revisit some of our favorite moments so far. That's all coming up on the next Haunted AF. All right, Haunted AFers, remember to subscribe, either iTunes, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, as well as our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Ooh, it's so bright and shiny over there. Got to say thanks to our board op, Ziggy Becker. (laughs) And to Andrew (laughs) Malaga for our theme song. Also, a shout out to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we have to thank you for listening to Haunted AF. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm going to come back and haunt you. Oh, I'll come back and haunt you too, Rebecca.